what is good everybody welcome back to another episode of the what's your opinions podcast if you guys are wondering why is there an episode on wednesday i'm recording wednesday morning well it's because the file wanted to be corrupted and i didn't know and i posted it and it was just nothing but earring noises so yeah that's my excuse for not posting the nfl power hour half hour on a monday but i hope you guys are having a fantastic day it was a great weekend Great week and a half, actually. The Braves are finally world champions after 26 years. So congratulations to them. Congratulations to Atlanta, the Dirty South. You did it for your boy. And screw the Astros, as always. Well, we're not here to talk about that. I know nothing about baseball. What I want to talk about is this past weekend. It would have been a fantastic weekend you know, if the Niners can pull a win. But knowing Kyle Shanahan and pretty much that Niner all in general, it never happens. Sorry, I had to take a little bit of juice to calm my nerves. Because I'm still going to be angry at this. There's still a lot of things that to, to go and happen and a lot of things that have happened within this time. So I'll get to add a couple more things. But we'll talk about um, the miscellaneous things first before we get into actual football. Um, this past weekend... Boxing history was made. Canelo Alvarez defeats Caleb Plant via TKO in the 11th round to be the first ever Mexican to be undisputed at 168 pounds. So congratulations to Canelo for being one of the seven people to be undisputed since the four belt era. That alone, it's sad. Not his accomplishment. The amount of people that have been undisputed. You know, heavyweights, Bernard Hopkins, uh, Josh Taylor is one of the youngest people to do it. He's one of the more modern people to do it since the 4 Bell era came into uh, fruition. But, nonetheless, congratulations to Canelo. I think the fight was a really good fight up until started, up until Canelo started to take control. You think, when you look at that fight, it looks like Canelo was fighting a Mayweather 2.0. It was simply just a good defensive performance by Caleb Plant. For like the first, maybe five rounds i had canelo losing i had caleb uh a four to one a possibly three to two but i i obviously had caleb plant winning the fight not a lot of punches were were landing uh not a lot of punches were landing most of them were blocked i get it the crowd likes to react it like steve farhood's uh scorecard was actually absolutely atrocious for the first seven rounds i thought caleb plant had it a lot closer then all of a sudden, Canelo just started opening up. He went in his bag. Started tearing him up from the inside. I know Caleb Plant's pissing blood. There was a lot of major body shots there. And then ultimately, took him out in the 11th. I, I think this was it was an incredible moment for people that love boxing, especially Mexicans. And, you know, shout out to Mexico for the one time. You got yourself, you got yourself an undisputed champion. Now... My thing is, what's next for Canelo? Do you defend at 168? Do you go up? Which I believe is the only rightful thing to do because ain't, there's nobody there that benefits you anything besides maybe a Benavidez and maybe uh, Jermel Charlo. I think it's Jermel Charlo. Either way, nothing, no one benefits you besides those two people. The Gennady Golovkin fight, eh. I really not, I'm not really caring about that right now. Gennady Golovkin only fights once a year. And he's fighting on my birthday, which is like on a Wednesday, I think. On the 29th of December. But 
You know, I got to see how that performance is. He hasn't even fought. He's wasted almost two years without fighting. So, you know, it, it just kind of goes wherever it may be. But congratulations to Canelo yet again. It was an amazing moment. I had it with my dad, and it was awesome. Another great night. It was a great night for fights all in general because literally after uh, that fight, I was able to watch the Kamaru Usman versus uh, Kobe Covington. I was able to watch both fights, the both fight cards. They were just absolutely amazing. I think UFC 268 may be the greatest UFC event I've ever seen, possibly. And I've only been watching for a little under three years. I, I wouldn't call myself a casual. I would consider myself a little bit more than, I wouldn't say an expert, but I know a little bit more than I did before. Rose Namajunas, my girl, congratulations on, you know, retaining your title. You had a dominant performance. Uh, I don't think it was, I forget what the actual decision was. But ultimately, she won, she won the bout. Uh, Michael Chandler, uh, uh, Michael Chandler, I believe, had a great fight with Justin Gaethje. I don't believe it was a unanimous decision, but hey, that's just me. A lot of other good fights, a lot of good knockouts, too. And then, finally, Kamaru Usman versus Kobe Covington. I just think this ends all discussion for them to get a third. If Co- and Don't get me wrong. I thought Kobe may have, may, was able to steal maybe two rounds. Um, the I think there was the third. Third and the fourth. I think the third round, he most definitely almost stole it in the scorecards. It was a unanimous decision. I do agree with the unanimous decision because I didn't know how to score the third round, whether it was Kobe's. Obviously, the fourth round was Kobe's. You can't deny that. Ultimately, it was a good fight. And this is where a lot of the people in the welterweight division need to look at that fight and need to look how Kobe was winning against Kamaru. Because obviously the wrestling wasn't working as good. I think he only took him down once or twice and did nothing with it. Kamaru Usman did everything he could to stand, make that fight on a stand-up. And Kamaru Usman is by far the best welterweight in that division. I don't think anybody's going to tear him down unless they look at the Kobe Covington fight. Out of the last couple fights, to both of Jorge Masvidal's, Gilbert Burns... I believe those are the only three he was able to defend before fighting Kobe again. So, what what I think personally is that I don't think Kobe throws caution to the wind. I think he just, I think he just basically kind of. I'm not saying he's he's not a skilled striker. Obviously, the left hand was there all night, but he was able to catch Kamaru and he's able to push Kamaru a little bit, especially in that fourth round. Kamaru was in trouble in the fourth round. You can't, you cannot deny it, but he was very calm and composed. You look at Jorge Masvidal, a striking guy. Didn't even, barely touch Kamaru. Gilbert Burns, who's known for good wrestling and who's known for, I mean, who's known for good grappling and has hands. Couldn't do anything to Kamaru. So how is it that Kobe Covington has kind of the blueprint to fight Kamaru and keep it interesting? Granted, he still lost. But he did give Kamaru trouble. I, I don't I don't know how to explain it. But ultimately, I think right now, Kobe, you got to go back to fight nights. Maybe win three fights. Then you get your shot at Kamaru. Or maybe three or four. Because at this time, like you can't get a third match and you've not made it interesting. But even in the last fight, their first fight, they had Kobe winning all five rounds. Which was crazy. But I don't know. That's just me. 
but ultimately just a great a great Saturday. I think this is one of the best Saturdays for fights of the year of the year. And granted, in another week, not this week coming up, but next week, you have Sean Porter. And Sean Porter versus uh, Bud Crawford. And that's going to be a really, really good fight. I think so. I th- If I'm going to put my predictions out right now, I think it's going to be close. If there is going to be a knockout, I think, uh, I think uh, Crawford is going to knock him out. Or uh, Porter wins via split decision. That's how I think that fight will go. But ultimately, this is one of his best. This is going to be one of his. Uh, I'm not saying best fights, but this is going to be one of his most challenging fights for Crawford to really see where he stands in the welterweight division. And for people to say Sean Porter is a bad fighter, you don't watch his fights. How well, the fights that he's lost, he's been very close on all. This. They're not like dominating losses. He's severely been the best fighter. I think he's one of the top. I still think he's at top five in the welterweight division. Some people may think no. Some people may think yes. Um, before I end this off, before I end off the whole fighting thing, I do want to say a thing about Caleb Plant. He's a warrior. He's a he was a tremendous he's a tremendous fighter. And uh, for him to stay eleven rounds with a prospect's resume, this shows he he can make some noise in the one sixty eight once Canelo leaves. And what I mean by a fighter's resume is I don't think he was ready to fight Canelo. I don't, even though he had the belt, it was a vacated belt. I just think personally, this is what happens when, I mean, this, but he's a clear example of what to be as a pro, as a fighter. You don't care who's in front of you, you fight. So that's it. But when your promoter and your promotion is giving you fights that aren't even at your level, you look at his last six fights. There's seven fights. These, these, all these fighters are ranked out of the 120s. Granted, 120 isn't that good. I mean, you're still ranked at 120. But these guys are 150, 219, 157, 156, 148, 149, 159, 159. Like, like a lot of these fighters are at the caliber. I believe Caleb Plant was a top 10. He's clearly a good fighter. He has a great defense. He does fight with his hands low sometimes, but ultimately he's just a good fighter. I don't think there's nothing spectacular about him. He just has a good defense and it transfers into a better offense. But with Caleb Plant, and people were like, I don't know, man. I seen I'm like, you don't see what I see. He has a prospect's resume. And this is why you these prospects are scared to be in big fights. You look at Devin Haney. He's going to be fighting somebody. Uh, I'm not sure what his ranking is, but I believe he's actually in the top 15. So this is going to be a challenge. You look at uh, oh, I'm forgetting this one fighter. He was he was the he was the he was the headliner, not the headliner. He was the opening fight for the Tyson Fury fight. Oh, I'm forgetting his name right now. But he's like I believe middleweight or super middleweight. He's fighting someone that's, he's clearly like a top, maybe 10. I don't consider him in the top, top, because he's a prospect's resume. He hasn't seen, he's only seen the 12th round once. Obviously, granting he does knockout power. But with someone that's ranked 40th, and he puts you on your ass and makes you look stupid, and you barely win via decision, that just shows you, like, these guys don't want to fight top people. And yes, granting he's in the top 40, that means he is somewhat dangerous, he does have a losing record, but still, he has power to him and he has skill. Devin Haney, he fought Linares. 
Linares put it, put fucking work on him. And Linares is ranked like 52 compared to him, which was like, he was like the number four, like, uh, lightweighter, uh, light, uh, junior lightweighter, whatever the division was he was in. He was like ranked four or five. And it just shows these young prospects aren't being challenged enough. And then these guys think they have this huge record. Like, I think like Tank Davis now, I can't talk anything about Tank Davis. He actually has a resume on him. A lot of the fighters he had before, vacated belt, fought a guy that was way out of his prime, and then you go knock out Leo Santa Cruz, who I think is by far one of the one of, a, a superstar in boxing. You go be, uh, you beat another guy that's in the top ten, and then you beat uh, Mario Barrios, who in my decision he fucked himself over in that fight, but still Mario Barrios was a interim champion and he won him. In the interim, he won via knockout. And so, like, with Tank Davis, like, you can't really, you can't really knock him. Ryan Garcia, he just got his first lick of being on the floor, on the canvas. He doesn't want to do that again. So, I'm pretty sure he's going to avoid everybody in his path, along with everybody else. It's like Tank Davis is, like, one of of the young stars. Even Shakur Stevenson. I like Shakur Stevenson. Shakur Stevenson just went against, uh, ah, I'm forgetting, he was like a Marine, I'm forgetting his name. Uh... He just got a, a a really great knockout, and that guy was a champion, and he just moved up. So you know, it just shows there's certain fighters that just don't care who they want to fight, and they just want to fight. And that's who you kind of gotta appreciate in these fighters that are champions, but they have prospect resumes, and you're just like, you haven't really fought anybody good, you know. But other than that, uh, before, before I end off, before I end this off, uh, Gala Plant, hell of a fight. You had a game plan. You just fought a better fighter. I'm sorry. Kamara Usman, you may be the greatest welterweight of all time. Give me, I say two more defense. I say two more title defenses on number one, number one ranked contenders. Then there's there there is no doubt in my mind that he can be the greatest welterweight of all time, even better than GSP. I'm sorry, all the all the huge MMA fans come after me. I I, I can care less. Now, NFL. It's a weird week for the NFL if you actually really think about it. The Cowboys were upset by the Denver Broncos. At this point, Denver, can we can we get a real answer? Are you bad or are you good? Teddy Bridgewater looked like an all-pro in that game. The run game was amazing. Do I think this exposes the 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 Cowboys? I don't think so. I just think they just I don't think uh, I can't say they didn't have the game plan. I just think the game plan failed early. Dak Prescott tried to do too, way too much. And Ezekiel Elliott was just a non-factor. And if those two guys on offense are a non-factor, then you really can't, then you, there's nothing much you can say. It got so bad that they said, we'll give you guys something a little bit more competitive, uh, you know, with the competition. And we'll, they took them off the air. They took them off the air and put the 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 Ravens and... Vikings game, and even then, the Ravens should have lost that game too. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars put a huge upset. I think they they beat the number one team in the NFL. They be, they no touchdowns, first of all, which was absurd. I don't know what's going on with the Buffalo Bills. They upset the Buffalo Bills. I don't know what's going on these last two weeks. You get upset, and then you barely beat the Dolphins in the fourth quarter. And I mean barely. Like, it took you four quarters to actually put ten points above the Dolphins. And ultimately, I just think that there's something not clicking right right now. 
the Jacksonville, does this mean, oh, Jacksonville, you better watch out for Jacksonville. Eh, who knows? You still got Trevor Lawrence. You're still going to eh, just kind of be there. Yo, even the Patriots right now, they're doing pretty good right now. Mac Jones, oh, granted, I, I've always had my things with Mac Jones. Mac Jones has no, Mac Jones has a ceiling. It's a very low ceiling, but he it's complimentary football. Okay, what's the defense giving me? Oh shit, this dude's on a wide on a wide out. That's a that's not covered. Shit, let me just throw it to him. So I'm not gonna discredit anything Mac Jones has done. It's just super simple. Uh, the Raven, like I said, the Ravens they should have won that game convincingly. And like I said it before, you call Lamar Jackson Superman. He's kryptonized himself. He fumbled the ball. He should have lost. But you had average quarterback Kirk Cousins that can't move the ball. And an average play caller. I I think uh, the Jordan Love got his first uh his first time playing as a Green Bay Packers, and we're gonna get to the next three stories in a minute before I head into the Niners. Atrocious loss to Colt fucking McCoy. Why was Jordan Love playing? Well, guys, if you guys were living under a rock for the last week. Aaron Rodgers had COVID. And you're like, oh no, you know, you can still get COVID when you're vaccinated. But guess what? Aaron Rodgers wasn't vaccinated. Aaron Rodgers was never vaccinated this entire time. He's a fucking moron. And yes, he said, oh, I had like four specialists look at me instead of actually going to a doctor. He listened to Joe Rogan of all people. Joe Rogan, you know, the man that was the host of Fear Factor, the man that's, you know, the host of his own podcast, which is one of the biggest podcasts in the world. And you listen to them, but you don't actually listen to a specialist. That's wild. I'm pretty sure he went to Johnny Sins when he was a doctor. Like, Dr. Johnny Sins, for all I care. But I think this is incredibly on him. Why would you, when you're at the height, when your team's at the height of the season right now, arguably one of the best teams in the NFC, you did beat the number one team in the NFC, and this is momentum going. And you're just like, I don't want to be vaccinated. I just don't. Yes, I get it. Your body, you decide what you want to do. But you're making $34 million. Excuse me. Your team's in a position to be in a high playoff spot. And you sabotage it. Dude, you're, he's lucky that the that it's only going to be... He's not getting suspended. But the uh, Justin yesterday... The Packers had fined him over five hundred thousand dollars. I think another fourteen thousand, another thirty thousand somewhere else. I, I I don't know. I'm forgetting. I know it was five hundred thousand for sure. And then he went on the Pat McAfee show. It was a good show, by the way. A good show, by the way. Just not that episode where Pat McAfee just let him rant for fifty plus minutes and not actually grill him. And why is that? Because well, Aaron Rodgers is a current host every Tuesday. So, of course, you don't want your ratings on there. I was listening to this guy, uh, Mad Dog Russo on Mad Dog TV. He's He let Aaron Rodgers have it. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers was on that show, but he was just talking. And I agree with almost every point he made. You know, I don't care if he's not vaccinated. I, I don't care about your politics. Uh, whatever you think in the world of what you think. If you're vaccinated, you're unvaccinated, da-da-da, do-da-do, whatever. The fact that he lied to the media and they flat out told him, are you vaccinated? And he was just talking, moving around the question, and ultimately just didn't answer. And that's like you're troubling the media. You 
you disobeyed protocols which were in the rules of the new rule regulations for the NFL this season because COVID is still a thing. And guess what? You have people that li- that have a following to you and believe what you believe. So people are going to defend you. And now people are like, oh, that's even more reason because an NFL player don't want it. How is it that Cam Newton was out of a job? Because he wasn't vaccinated. Granted, didn't Mac Jones really beat him out? I don't think they wanted to play with Mac Jones for the first couple of games. They wanted to wait and see what Cam can do. Cam was on a $7 million. You wasted Cam Newton's $7 million deal. I think it was on a veteran's minimum. I think it was like 7 or $4 million. I could be wrong. But, you know, he was out of a job. A lot of players are out of the job because of it. Uh... DeAndre Hopkins didn't want to get the thing. A lot of people weren't trying to get it in the sports. But they ended up taking, you know, the money over this. And you make $34 million. There's no excuse for you to not get this. Yes, you're allergic to an ingredient that had it in two. You could have got the third vaccine. He's a moron. He just thinks he's smarter than everybody. And he's fucking stupid. Uh, After that, we moved on. The Raiders just can't catch a break. Dude. Uh, their their first rounder corner, I'm forgetting their I'm forgetting his name. Uh, Arbery or something like that. DeAndre Arbery. I, I'm forgetting it. He was a first round corner. He's doing really good this season. Um, he was immediately cut from the team. Uh, two days ago on Monday. Now, why is that? Well, I don't get how you as a professional can allow a casual fan to get under your skin. If someone called you trash, just because they're haters. Someone calls me trash. I'm gonna put like, yeah, probably. I am probably trash. Who knows? But I'm making more money than you. And yet you want to go on Instagram, and you want to threaten a fan who said you were trash. You're doing this, doing that, da da da. First of all, you respond to casual people. And guess what? He there's a video that surfaced and it showed him uh, threatening him, saying, "You live in Las Vegas. Why don't you come over here? I'll hit you with a chopper." And he had a whole gun. And now, he's out of the team. Another person that was out of the team, it might actually do some time, which is Henry Ruggs III. A very, I would say, a breakout wide receiver this year. Uh, him and Derek Carr had just had really, really great chemistry, and Ruggs decided to throw all of it away. Why is that? This has happened a week ago, and this should have happened. This all should have been posted on Monday, but ultimately, it couldn't because, you know, files just don't want to do much and what i said i'm going to kind of regurgitate and cut a little bit off but henry ruggs is a moron a much more of a moron than aaron Rodgers, and you know aubrey or whatever his name is why is that well because henry ruggs killed somebody unintentionally but still he was drunk driving he had a he was charged with a dui and possible involuntary manslaughter he killed a uh, he killed a a woman and her dog in a car. He was his do his alcohol levels were two times the legal limit, and he was driving a hundred and fifty six miles per hour in his vehicle. I'm not gonna continue to destroy like be mad at this. I was already done. I thought I was gonna be finished recording it. Ultimately, I have to kind of regurgitate it again. Uh, this was just completely irresponsible on his end. You are by far a prominent star in the league. I would think so. I think as of, you know, before his incident, I would consider him a top five 
I think it's like Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, Debo Samuels. Jamar Chase, Debo Samuels. No, I'm sorry. Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, maybe DNA, Cooper Cup, uh, Debo Samuels, DeAndre Hopkins. It could be interchangeable. And then Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs is doing a lot, a lot of cool things. And then all of a sudden, it just gets thrown away. I don't get it, like, as an... And I have no sympathy for this guy. I, I don't feel sorry for him. I really, really don't. Because at the end of the day, we're in 2021. If you're drunk in Vegas, you could have got a taxi. You could have got an Uber. You could have called a parent or a family member if they were living with you. You could have called a teammate. You could have called a coach. There's so many out. There's so many scapegoats that could have prevent you from driving. But no, you're young. This is only his second year in the league. You're young. You have a lot of money. And you just want to flash your car. I think his girlfriend was in the car with him too. And, you know, uh, you guys got to see the surveillance video. It's insane to think that he was going. He legit, I legit thought this was a GTA game. He was going incredibly fast. And again, I agree with my, I, agree, I talked to this with my dad and I agree that no car should be going over 100 miles per hour. The amount of senseless deaths that could be prevented if a car just goes 70 miles per hour. Make every foreign car illegal. If you want to go get a foreign car, go get that shit. Go live over there. I think so, personally. But it, it's like, it's so fucking stupid, bro. Like, you get no sympathy for me. A lot of people have no sympathy for him. And a lot of people have the audacity to say prayers up to him first before you can even think about talking about the, the woman he killed. That was just literally having whatever she was doing with her dog. And now her she doesn't get to see the next day. That's sad, bro. Like, And again, 25 shots. Again, like, for you to be in your car. And yes, I get it. He's young. He has money. He wants to show it off. He wants to flex. Look what flexing got you, bro. Uh, potentially two to 20 years in in prison. And I believe whatever they give him, whether the sentence is 20 years, whether the sentence is 15, 10, 5, or even 2, he deserves every amount of it, and he does not deserve to touch the football again. If he, if he somehow beats this case, Roger Goodell needs to put his big boy pants on, especially with over with Aaron Rodgers too. With Aaron Rodgers, he just needs to suspend Aaron Rodgers for a game, Give him a huge fine. Day's over with. You got it done. It's not not that big of a deal. Henry Ruggs is you just ban him from the league. <coughs> because if you... If you say he gets two years or say he just beats the case and he's allowed to play on the NFL and you don't do nothing with it, then this just shows the NFL is just one of the dumbest leagues in, in ever. I'm sorry. Because if you're allowing Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, now, Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson isn't that bad. I get it. It is child abuse. Granted, that kid probably did deserve it. But, you know, that's no place when you are a millionaire. You discipline. Let the wife discipline your kid. You know? I don't know. You know, you have a lot more lose than your wife. Yeah, that's just me, though. Um, But, yeah, Henry Ruggs is a fucking moron. I think he doesn't deserve to touch the football field again. Uh, he doesn't deserve any kind of sympathy. My thoughts and prayers do go out to the victim and her family. They had lost a daughter, a sister, you know, an, uh, you know, whatever. Like they lost somebody, and then a poor dog, dude. Like 
Come on. And then there, he had a he had an unregistered loaded gun. The Raiders can't catch a break. It's like the football gods were like, how is the Raiders doing this year? They're doing too well, sir. They're leading their division. Hmm. Release the emails. They're still doing good, sir. Hmm. Let's impair Henry Ruggs. Eh, sir, I think they can do pretty decent. Hmm. Release the Instagram video. Like, it's not going great for the Raiders. I don't think the Raiders win their division anymore. Uh, they just can't come over this. And if they do, fucking congrats on them. I mean, they did lose to the Giants. The Giants are getting better as the as the weeks go by. I really don't know. It was, it was an, like I said, a weird, weird week for upsets. But now that I'm done with those, let's get to my depression as a fan of the game. The San Francisco 49ers. Yep, my team. I've been with them since 2002 when I got my first jersey. And I've been with this team. I've been in love with this team since then. Nothing has ever changed besides the Atlanta Falcons being my second favorite team because of Michael Vick. But granted, uh, the Niners are, are done. They're just done. I, I don't think the Niners can come back from losing to Colt McCoy in a divisional game who was a backup for the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals were coming off a loss. At what point? You had everything going your way. You don't have De- you don't have DeAndre Hopkins. You don't have Kyler Murray, so you don't have to worry about um, the mobility of a quarterback. Yes, Colt McCoy did run around just ever so little, but not the ex- not the extent of like a Kyler Murray. And yet the Niners from last week who had a pretty good win against the the uh, Chicago Bears, who almost won last uh, on on Monday night against the Steelers. If it wasn't for the refs, you know, the refs were the were the MVP of that game. No lie. One of them was hip checking Cassius Marsh too. What the fuck? I don't know. But now with the Niners, it's 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 like I'm not saying all hope is lost. Granted, there's still a game behind to be in the playoff situation, but it's not looking that good. And this is a game where you can't get mad at Jimmy. You gotta get mad at the coaches, mad at the players. Josh Norman, why on earth are you taunting when? Why on earth are you taunting? And he didn't get to play for the rest of the game. Josh Norman, to me, needs to be cut. He needs to be thrown out. He's too old to be in this league as a corner. And that's it. Like, Josh Norman, to me, that was, like, the biggest the biggest blow towards... The Niners had a three and out. The Niners held them out to a... a it was going to be a fourth and then a, a 35-yard field goal. Granted, it's three points. It would have been uh twenty to seven. It would have been twenty to seven. You would have had a chance to come back. You know, you're only down by three scores, two scores actually. But no, you give him uh first and twenty five. Cliff Kingsbury gets another. You know, he does his own. He gets his own foul, but you still get the first down. But it's twenty five yards, so it's first and twenty five. And ultimately, Josh Norman doesn't see the rest of the game. Kirkpatrick plays. Kirkpatrick gets ran over. Of course. But ultimately, I cannot blame this game on Jimmy. Jimmy played well and Jimmy played okay. Granted, you can say the interception, but Jimmy had to play from behind and try to play desperate. And I just think that I think the Niners are kind of done with. 
if this is another year where you have to go through another rebuild, it sucks. But it is what it is. Uh, with Shanahan, like literally Shanahan on his offense, he looked at last week and burned the film. That's all I saw. How do you rush only 10 times with Elijah Mitchell? Jermichael Hasty. I, I don't get it. D'Amico Ryan, why is it on a third and 18 and you're playing so soft and you can't and you don't bring the house down? Why is your corners? I get it. They're they're not speedsters. But you can at least use the five yards to your advantage. No. Uh, a third and 18, a third and 13, manageable, and you just allow them to play. I blame D'Amico Ryan. Do I give D'Amico Ryan one more year? Granted, yes, he is a rookie at doing this, but still, at least Robert Sala, when he went through his rookie year in the as our defensive coordinator, at least he knew how to adjust. D'Amico Ryan doesn't know how to adjust. And you're not getting any help, like, on the like, there's like I said this before. There's no identity with the Niners' defense. 2019, they were a sa- they were a sacking machine. They double teamed Nick Bosa. Someone else would get it. Eric Armstead hasn't done anything. Granted, the Eric Armstead uh, face mask that wasn't a face mask. It was a ridiculous call by the refs. But still, Eric Armstead has done sh- hasn't done shit. He can't win one on ones, and this just makes me. And this is where I think Kyle and John Lynch get more into the hot seat. I don't believe they're in the hot seat now, because if you look at it, they do establish and made a good team. Yes, a couple of their picks never panned out, but as of right now, like it's just getting so disappointing, especially on Kyle's end. I would think Kyle would get fired way before John Lynch. If I'm making this seriously, if I'm making it like if I'm making the assumption now, because Kyle Shanahan has made some of the dumbest decisions. I think this coach I, I've seen him all his entire season this year has been more frustrating. I'd rather be a two and 14 team in 2018 and actually be close in games, knowing the talent that we had through injuries. than the team that we do have with little injuries, Garnet, we still don't have a little bit of star pieces, but still. Granted, we don't have Mike McGlinchy anymore, even though he doesn't do anything. You don't have your your Dre Greenlaw. You don't have, you know, your Jason Verrett. But you still have a talented team that can go to the playoffs and still make still make noise. And it's frustrating that you can't win a game at home. That to me is on Shanahan. How do you abandon your run game, which is so prominent? And yet, you just want to play desperate and pass, pass, pass. You make some of the dumbest decisions when it comes to roster moves. Why would you tr- Why would you give D Ford the biggest middle finger when he wanted to be a part of this team? He wanted to basically say, I'll take a pay cut. You guys will take care of me, right? And they're just like, but you're worth a first rounder. And I think we're cool with Eric Armstead. Eric Armstead hasn't played out. Javon Kinlaw, granted, this is only one big injury. And now it's just like... What do you like, dude? DeForest Buckner's laughing at us. DeForest Buckner's fucking laughing, bro. He's like, "This is who you decided to choose to try to replace me, and this is who you decided to get." I've been getting better every single season, and you look at it. You look at the beginning of his rookie year all the way to the before he got traded. He was substantially a lot better. Granted, he did take a huge step step back, but that was in order for what's his name, uh, Armstead, to be really good. 
And Armstead now is just like, he needs help. You need to, my thing is this, you need to revamp that defensive line again. D. Ford is going to be an injury-prone guy again. And don't get me started on Jalen Hurd. Like, I don't know. And this is what I mean by the dumbest moves. Like, how on earth is Jalen Hurd still on the team, third year in, hasn't played a single down in the regular season, caught one catch in the preseason, and somehow beat out Nisimba Webster, who had 197 yards in the preseason, four catches, a 67-yard kick return, not for a touchdown, but a 67 yards on a kick return. You had your guy. Yes, I get it. Uh, Cannon was a good process, uh, a good choice to pick, but how is it that Jalen Hurd continues to not get cut? I don't get it. I I, I don't get. It. And this is the and this is what I'm talking about, like roster moves wise that Shanahan does. And at this point, I'm like, why don't you? Why isn't Aaron Biggs playing? Why isn't Moore playing? Why isn't Dionor Lenore playing? Why isn't you know like a lot of these young bucks that you drafted not playing? The season's lost, in my opinion. Granted, you are a you are a game behind, and he's gonna play as if you, the playoffs are still a, a thing. But you're not. You're not making those moves. You're too easy to put these players in the doghouses because they missed on one rep, and then you wonder why. Oh, you know, he just wasn't doing anything. Well, wonder why? You give him one opportunity. Brandon Ayuk. I'm surprised Brandon Ayuk played for the rest of the game. Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle fucked over the game and that is my clear assumption to it because if you look at that they were moving the ball jimmy was doing everything right and george kittle decides to hurdle over somebody as if he's ever done that before at least that i don't remember and he fumbles the ball george kittle fumbles the ball they were at the they were at the cardinals 35 when that happened could have scored that would have been 14 14 Brandon Ayuk, it was 17, it would have been 17, 14, 17, Brandon Ayuk fumbles it. Could have possibly been 17, 17 or 17, 21 Niners lead. But no, you can't blame this one on Jimmy because Jimmy had to play from behind. Because both of his star, both, I, I still believe Brandon Ayuk is one of the stars on the Niners team. This is just overall a frustrating team to watch. Granted, I'm still going to watch them every single Sunday, Monday, Whenever they get to play on primetime or whenever they get to play, I'm still going to watch them. They're my team. I love it. But this is the part where I get to criticize and actually get to show my frustration out because this isn't the team that I know can do a lot better. Mike, like, if I were to make adjustments, you keep Mike McGlinchey away from the uh, from the outside. Put him into a guard. He's a, he's a, put Aaron, you can put Aaron Banks on the outside if you really wanted to. Him and Aaron Banks together, dude, the amount of holes they can make for Elijah Mitchell, Jermichael Hasty, um, Jeff Wilson Jr. And another thing with Trey Sermon, it's just like Trey Sermon is complaining, but you haven't done anything to compete Jermichael Hasty or Elijah Mitchell out of it. This is why you're a prominent third down back, and you still are used, but not the way you think you should be used. And that's because you haven't shown anything. And the whole portion with Trey Lance, it's just... You guys need to stop with the Trey Lance thing. Yes, I want to see the kid play too, but I don't. He's just clearly not ready. I think with Trey Lance, if you guys are thinking Trey Lance is going to save the season, you're fucking stupid. We saw that performance, 
and everyone's like, oh, well, what if they got the fumble? They didn't get the fumble. He tried to play hero, and that's going to be the death of that kid. I see Lamar Jackson in that kid. Could be a star, but what's the number one thing I always say about Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson, they call him Superman. His kryptonite is himself because he tries too hard. Oh my gosh, there's five yards. I can get a quick five yards in a first down. Oh, but there's open field. I can do, I can get an extra 15 and a fumble. That is what Trey Lance is. And my thing is this, if you redo that interior line, you put McGlinchey on the interior and they're going to tell him what to do because he's making a lot of money. He's going to do what he's told. If not, you're going to get traded. Put the young bucks in. And see what you can develop with Trey on there. The left side is the left side is cool. It's sealed up. But when it comes to the right side, is what's going to be the death of him. It's what the death of Jimmy is right now. And now with everything that's going on, like with Trey Lance, I've said this before. You guys don't understand. Like Trey, you guys under you guys think like us trading up for Lance, we gave up the future. No, we didn't. We just gave up two years because we were we had faith in it. And my my theory is, uh, uh, Shanahan thought the Niners were going to be in a prominent position to either be in the playoffs, uh, comfortably in the playoffs, or win the division. And that means Trey Lance doesn't touch the field. Trey Lance is just going to be a package deal ever so often, and you get to the point where you can develop Trey, and then when Trey is officially ready he gets to inherit everything and that may be in two years that may be this year this mid when trey lance eventually takes hold which is maybe the end of this year maybe next year trey lance will be he'll inherit a great offense you get a great tight end that's still sealed up you get debo samuels you get brandon Ayuk. you possibly get a jawan jennings or uh you know i think his name is like is cannon i don't think muhammad sanu is going to play another season with them you get us you still get a solid running back core you get a decent offensive line i thought the offensive line was going to be a top 10 it doesn't even look like that right now but ultimately when trey lance takes that field he inherits something good so for you guys to say that oh we gave up the future we really didn't you just say we gave up a lot we gave up two years but you look at the rams who gave up their future you look at the prime example is the rams what young players are on there that are going to survive there? You got to get rid of Matthew Stafford in a little, in a, maybe a year or two. I don't think Matt Stafford is going to be the answer. Jalen Ramsey, you sealed him up for a few years. He's pretty young. Cooper Cup, but everyone else is veterans. You got to get younger. This is a young man's game. Veterans, yes, you do get that veterans kind of a, uh, a veterans presence, but still, what they got Von Miller knowing that they are no longer going to be drafting. They think this team alone can win in the Super Bowl now like they tried to do in 2016. And 2016 didn't work out. Well, they had Jared Goff. That's true. But Matthew Stanford hasn't really done anything either. Yes, he is doing really well. But at what point does the true Matthew Stafford come out? I just want to know. I truly do. And with that saying, it's like, you just got two years. You don't draft until 2024. You don't draft until 2024. It's three years. That's three seasons from now. That's two seasons from now. So this isn't really just the, will you trade the future? Yes, but we have a ton of young guys. Our wide receiver core, super young. Our running back core, super young. Our uh, our offensive line is starting to get a lot younger. 
granted, there's only still a couple dudes on that offensive line that are, I think there's only like two, three veterans on that offensive line. Everyone else is still like two, three years in. I don't really consider offensive linemen veterans until like they're four years in. Maybe that's uh, like three years in the game. I'm sorry. That's just me. But, and then you have Trey Lance, who definitely, I believe, isn't ready to play just yet. I think right now you have to keep Trey. You have to, you have to keep, you have to conceal Trey. What I mean by that is just like, you can't make him make decisions on his own to where, yes, I get it. He can extend a play very well and he can throw. He's a very accurate thrower. He throws a little too much. He throws super hard. Like he's pitching at a world series, but ultimately Trey Lance can be good if you do not allow him to, because to me, Trey Lance right now, he thinks he has to do everything by himself. I think every a lot of quarterbacks do that. Lamar Jackson thinks he has to do everything by himself when he has a pretty prominent team with him. You look at Josh Allen. Why is Josh Allen so successful? Why is Joe Burrows in his second year successful? It's because they have complimentary football with him. And my thing is, if you want Trey Lance to succeed and not have these struggles, why is it that Baker Mayfield just got good last year? He went to the first playoffs in his entire thing when they've literally given him everything he's ever wanted. You get him OBJ, which I didn't think that was going to be good to begin with, but you give him Jarvis Landry, you make, you know, you give him that, you give him Bradley Chubb, complimentary pieces, but you're missing a second wide receiver and it wasn't Odell. Granted, Odell is no longer with the Browns. He is now a free agent, a restricted free agent, I, I, an unrestricted free agent. Uh, supposedly may go to the Chiefs. I don't think that does anything better for them uh, because that offensive line is going to kill Patrick Mahomes every single time. Now, with Trey Lance, you get Debo, you get Sherfield. I haven't seen Sherfield at all. I don't know why. Sherfield did amazing. He has hands. We've seen it. My thing is, you got to give Trey, especially with him, that someone has that necessarily doesn't even have a ceiling because he's the most raw person going into there. Do I do I agree that they should have got Mac Jones? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. Granted, Mac Jones is good, but Mac Jones can't. He's unathletic. But he gives what the defense gives him. And that's exactly what probably Shanahan wanted. But ultimately, you're in this age where you have to have a mobile quarterback. Where they can do well. And you have to win before they're figured out. Patrick Mahomes got figured out. And they're struggling. Granted, they did win against a Aaron Rodgers-less team. But still, he's going to continue to struggle. And now, with everything that's going on, do I believe that... Do I believe that... It's okay for Trey Lance to start anytime soon. Definitely not against the Rams this Monday. Maybe against Jacksonville. You can put him in there. If if the Niners are to lose on Monday night, this is officially a wrap in the Jimmy G era, even if it's his fault, even if it's not. At some point, you got to put the kid in to develop him. He has to get real-time play. And then you work from there. What is his what is his strengths? What are his faults? What can he do very well? What can't he do very well? How do we complement our future for the next two years because we're not going to draft? We're not going to draft in the first round. And how does Trey Lance keep us competitive when we help him out? That's all I'm saying. But right now, you know, the Niners aren't looking too good. I think the Niners can probably finish the season a little bit over 500, maybe under five, uh, barely under 500. At this point, I don't know. 
But if you guys want to follow this podcast, I know it's a Wednesday. Uh, we get an episode Friday, possibly Friday night. I'm a little behind on recording, so yeah. Uh, if you guys want to follow this podcast, you guys can follow us on Apple, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you guys listen to your podcast. I'm most likely on there. YouTube channel isn't there just yet. I want to make it a gaming slash podcast channel, so that may take me next year. Who knows? If you guys want to follow the, uh, if you guys want to follow me, I haven't really done much on the page anyway. You guys can follow me at Vintage City Kings with a Z at the end. If you guys want to support this podcast, you guys can buy any items off my Depop, which is in the links in the description in there. If you guys uh, have any cool comments you want to give, just DM me. I'll message back. I like to have fun messaging you guys. You guys have been really cool, very patient. I really appreciate it. I hope to see you guys in the next episode. Hopefully, I can get it out Friday. Peace.